to the Navajo Reservation. We are praying for them as they continue that trip this week. This morning I want to talk about a topic that is very, very relevant in each one of our lives. Uh, We can't deny it. We can't uh, necessarily go through life without experiencing it. But since it's in every single one of our lives, I think it's appropriate to see what God has to say for it and how we should handle it uh, when these things come up into our lives. Maybe you are here this morning and you have anticipated or high hopes for something that didn't quite pan out, all right? Um, For example, you may have had high expectations for a sports team in the past where you thought maybe by the end of the year they would win the championship, whatever it might be. Um, Maybe it is a cooking recipe that you have never used before and you have high hopes it's going to turn out to be great, but uh, those hopes quickly came crashing down when it didn't quite pan out the way that you had expected and had hoped for. Um, I'm experiencing this in a really uh, very real way. I'm a Chargers fan, as most of you know, and uh, I had very high expectations coming into this season that uh, we would be doing very well, and so far it's been nothing but disappointments, all right? Uh, Not meeting my high expectations. I know there's still a long season ahead, but as of right now, it's just disappointment after disappointment. I'm the same way when it comes to the uh, basketball season time and the NCAA tournament's going on, and I'm a Jayhawk fan, and so every year I have high hopes the Jayhawks are going to win the entire thing, and many years, year after year, they disappoint me with being knocked out before the championship game, right? It's, it's called disappointment when we have an expectation or a hope that doesn't quite work out or doesn't quite happen the way that we had imagined. Maybe I should ask you instead of, do you have this morning anticipated high hopes that didn't quite pan out, let me just ask you, have you had disappointments in life? And I think all around the room, we would all raise our hand this morning. We've all had disappointments, things in our lives uh, that have not panned out the way we wanted. If you've never had disappointments this morning, please let us know your secret. We'd love to know uh, how you can live your, uh, throughout life and not have any disappointments in your life. But the basic definition of disappointment is just this. It's sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of hopes or expectations. That's what a disappointment is. And we all go through these. And, and I would say we all face sadness caused by a hope or an expectation that we have uh, not seen fulfilled or it hasn't happened or it still isn't happening, whatever it might be. Now, I don't want to sugarcoat this this morning. I, I understand we, we put it in view of sports. But the fact of the matter is disappointments can be very hard. They can be very discouraging. They can weigh in our lives. They can cause each moment of our day to be weighted down because of this disappointment, whatever it might be. They can cause our prayer lives to be filled with just what's on our mind about this disappointment. They can cause our idle time to be full of thinking and pondering whatever disappointment might have happened. They begin to weigh heavy on our hearts and begin to squeeze out joy and replace joy with worry or doubts or hopelessness. Maybe you're here this morning and your disappointments are weighing heavy or have in the past. I believe it's appropriate this morning to see what God says about disappointment so that we can better handle it as Christians. One of the reasons I can stand up here with confidence and say we all face disappointments is because in pondering this, uh, my mind went to several, several Bible characters. 
I mean, you could think of Moses or Sarah or Rebecca or Rachel or Hannah or Ruth or Joseph or Elijah or Paul or the disciples or even Christ himself who created the universe, created mankind, and as he walked this earth, we decided to crucify him. And we decide, even as his followers today, to many times turn our back on him. Disappointment is a part of life and it comes in each one of our lives in different forms, in different weights, whatever it might be. But it's something we have to make sure we are handling the correct way. And this morning, I would like to take a look at this topic by looking at King David. And also by seeing the meaning of many passages of scripture that can shed light on the area of disappointment. So why do we have disappointments? How should we handle them when they come? Can disappointments potentially lead us to sin? There's a bunch of different things we could talk about with disappointments this morning, but we're going to look at Psalm chapter 3 this morning. It's a Psalm of David. And I'm going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read the entire chapter. It starts out this way, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousand of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, and thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Let's pray this morning. Generally, Father, we thank you so much for the God that you are. And we realize this morning that we all go through disappointments, things that weigh heavy in our lives, and help us this morning as we look at this psalm to realize some things that will help us better handle disappointments in our lives so that we can use them to draw closer to you. Just pray that you would give me the words to say that our hearts would be humbled to your word this morning and that we would glorify you in the process. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing I've learned in life is that all people are different, all right? Everybody is not like Pastor Joe. Um, and I learned that very early in life because um, I'm somewhat of a picky eater. And so I've learned that um, taste buds are different from person to person, right? Um, people have different tastes that they like and uh, vice versa, whatever it might be. And so um, on different occasions, you know, I'm the type of person that um, once I go to a rest restaurant, I'm getting the exact same thing every time I go. I don't even have to look at the rest of the menu. I am not going to experiment and try something new because I have tested this. I have proven that I enjoy this meal, whatever it might be. And I'm not going to test it. But other people, you know, they'll sit and they'll look at the menu Say, oh, well, this has this ingredient and chicken or whatever it might be, and that looks good to me. That's not me at all. In fact, when I try to experiment and try something new, it usually ends badly, all right? Um, the other day, my wife and I were at Olive Garden, and I was trying to be a little bit more healthier, and so I decided to get zucchini noodles. They're healthy for a reason, all right? It's not the taste, okay? Um, that's just who I am. And even, even with potlucks in the church growing up, uh, I would go through, and you have all of this food. Now, I, have, I think I've gotten a little bit better since I was uh, a child, but I'm still a pretty picky eater. But even at potlucks, when you have all this food, um, I was the guy that would go through, and all my teen friends would be piling 
their plate. And I'm like, well, if I have never seen that before, I'm not going to put it in my mouth, okay? Um, whatever it might be. So I would, I would look for um, my mom's cooking because I knew that. I knew I would like it. I'd look for the basics, you know, that were uh, just simple and I have tested before and I liked. But people are different. Uh, I have different likes. I have different tastes than other people, whatever it might be. And in the exact same way, disappointments are different for each person in here. They come in different forms. They weigh differently on our lives. They are different. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at what David is going through here, but also realize that we really don't fully understand what David's going on, uh, what's going through David's life here, just as Pastor Joe doesn't understand fully your disappointments. Now, we all have one thing in common, is that is we have disappointments. They weigh heavy. They hurt. They grieve us. But we also all are all very unique in that our disappointments are personal. They're individual. They take different forms. So here in Psalm chapter 3, David's disappointment that he is dealing with here, we can only imagine the grief it must have caused him. What we don't read here in Psalm 3 is all the background, what's happening in David's life when he pens these words. And so we're going to look at that a little bit this morning. But studies show when approximately David wrote this psalm, and it gives us a better picture of what he is going through. And so as we look at David's uh, discouragement, disappointment here, the first thing I want us to see is disappointments look different from person to person. They really do. David's disappointment here is, is really unbearable. It's believed that David is currently running from his own son, Absalom, during the writing of this psalm. Understand this morning that the magnitude of David's disappointment here uh, really sheds light on his response. Many of you have felt disappointed, maybe from a child of yours, your own flesh and blood, who has maybe fallen away from the Lord, and the disappointment that it brings uh, to watch as they make decisions that are hindering their life and hindering their relationship with God. You may have even lost sleep as you pray and cannot get your mind off of it. David's situation here is even more unbearable than even that. Think with me this morning about who Absalom is. Just for a few minutes, we're going to look at this man, Absalom. And as we study the life of Absalom, you find that many expectations and hopes of King David came crashing down uh, in this part of David's life. Trouble started to begin in 2 Samuel chapter 13. As David's oldest son, Amnon, assaults his half-sister Tamar, which is the sister of Absalom. And the grief this must have caused his father, David, uh, his oldest son, committing this type of act. And the grief it must have caused, but... The disappointment wasn't over yet, because Absalom was very bitter. Absalom harbored this in his heart, and, and two years later we read um, in 2 Samuel chapter 13, same chapter in verses 23 through 29, that Absalom has, has harbored this in his life, and he strikes and has Amnon killed, the oldest son of David. As if heartache in David's life wasn't hard enough, his oldest son, the heir to the throne of Israel, is murdered. The loss of a child can be unbearable. And to have your own child kill that child, scheme against him. David's disappointments are, and hurts are just piling up. And as Absalom goes into hiding because he had his brother killed, eventually David permits Absalom to return to Jerusalem in 2 Samuel chapter 13 at the end of the chapter. And now Absalom is next in line for the throne 
But David's disappointments are about to worsen. As Absalom schemes not just to be the next king of Israel, but to forcefully take his own father off the throne and take his father's life. See, that's what David's going through. That's what's happening in David's life when he pens these words here in Psalm chapter 3. Unimaginable disappointment. I mean, talk about expectations he probably had for both of those sons. His oldest son, Amnon, probably had thought many times that maybe this was the man that was going to be the next king of Israel. If you look at who Absalom is, you even see the characteristics of Absalom being so promising. He was a man of war. 2 Samuel 14, 25 says he was better looking than any other person in the land of Israel. I mean, so many expectations in David's family life and and for these two sons, and they just come crashing down. And as he writes these words and as he takes it to the Lord, he is currently hiding for his own life because his own flesh and blood, his own son, is seeking to kill him unimaginable disappointment. I imagine that these hopes and expectations that came crashing to the ground were weighing heavy day and night on David's life as he fled. It's obvious that it was as it was as David writes this psalm here and we can't even really imagine. But the fact of the matter this morning is that disappointments come in all different shapes and sizes for each individual. Many of us can't understand what David is going through here. Some of you may be able to see a small glimpse of your own child falling away from the Lord. But the fact is that disappointments are all different and are all personal to us. They stem from an individual who has hopes and expectations. And by the way, it's not wrong to have hopes and expectations for an outcome. It is wrong to not give up that expectation and hope if it's not the will of God. But life goes a different direction, and that's what causes disappointments. We all are similar this morning in that we have disappointments, but we're all also unique in that those disappointments are personal and many times different. Disappointments come in all different forms. Think about the people in the Bible that I mentioned earlier. All of their disappointments took different forms than the other person. Joseph's disappointments were different than Sarah's. Sarah's disappointments were different than Ruth's. Ruth's disappointments were different than the Apostle Paul. I mean, they're very personal, they're individual, they are different from each other, but they are still very heavy, they are weighted. Maybe you have hopes and expectations for your life that God has either said wait or he said no to. Maybe this morning you pray earnestly, daily for a child who is away from the Lord. Perhaps this morning your disappointments are based on people. Perhaps this morning you had expectations for a spouse Uh, one day or a child one day but God has not allowed that to happen and that can weigh heavy that can be a disappointment perhaps your disappointments are a person in your life who has been removed from your life either by death or just by no longer association and it can be disappointing perhaps this morning your disappointments are what God hasn't allowed or what God has allowed perhaps you had high expectations for a job or a higher position in a job, but those expectations were not met. Perhaps this morning you had expectations for your marriage that have not panned out. Perhaps your disappointments are based on your circumstances. Maybe it's an unexpected health problem that probably throws a bump in the road, or a situation at work, or a situation amongst friends. We all have disappointments. And maybe this morning I have not even touched close on what your disappointment is. But the fact is that These are all not light matters. There are things that cloud our mind 
and they cloud our time and they dictate our time and our prayers and our conversations. And the weight of these disappointments can be extremely, extremely heavy. And each day, the weight can get heavier and heavier, especially when change isn't happening that we would like to see. As we look at the background to this psalm this morning, we see the nature of David's disappointment. But what's the nature of your disappointments here this morning? We all go through them. We all have them. Hopes, expectations that have not been met, that God said no to, or things that are clearly the word, will of God, but God is saying wait to trust. Whatever that disappointment may be, what form is it taking this morning? What form has it taken in your life in the past? We see here in Psalm 3 that things are getting worse for David. Thousands of men were after him. And as we consider the nature of our disappointments this morning, I want us to look at biblical truths that we can see displayed through David's life here in response throughout this psalm that will help deal with these disappointments because we all will deal with them in some way. So let's look closer at this Psalm chapter 3. Not only are all of our disappointments different from person to person, but secondly this morning, how you deal with disappointments show who or what is at the center of your life. How you respond, Christian, when your hopes and expectations are not met, when things are heavy in your life, when there's hurt, when there's grief, how you respond is going to reflect and reveal who or what is truly at the center of your life. And I think David's actions clearly show who is at the center of his life here as well. I remember the amazing feeling of hearing Emerald's heartbeat for the first time in the doctor's office. I mean, it was almost like time stopped. You're sitting in the doctor's office, you don't really know what to expect for the first time, and so you start to hear that heartbeat, and it's an amazing feeling. But you know what I, felt, I thought was even more amazing was when we got into the ultrasound stage, and we could actually see the profile, and we could see the fingers, and we could see the nose, and everything that Emerald had um, that was developing inside Miss um, Emily, and, and it was amazing, and, I, and, and doctor's appointments with ultrasounds were never um, long enough, right? You wanted to just sit there and watch the screen as you, as you saw Emerald make her wiggles and, and jerks or whatever it might be, and it was, it was an amazing thing. I remember them printing off pictures, right, and you take them home, and you have the, the next updated ultrasound picture that you replace from the old one. You keep it on your desk or in your wallet or whatever it might be, just dreaming and thinking of when Emerald would actually be with us. Um, and it's an amazing feeling, but what an ultrasound does is it reveals what's inside, right? Uh, for a husband, that's very, very important because there are times uh, when you just need proof, right? You just need proof that there is a baby developing. Um, even though the wife has all the proof that she needs, the husband needs to see that, right? Right? And so I remember it being a very, very cool and extraordinary thing in my life. But what an ultrasound does is it, is it reveals what's inside. That's what disappointments do as well. They reveal what's inside your heart. They reveal who's at the center of your life or what's at the center of your life. And how you respond is going to show that. How we respond when things don't go our way or when disappointments or griefs come is going to show Who's at the center or what is at the center of our lives? And the entirety of Psalm 3 is a response to disappointment in David's life. What, his, what does his prayer here show us about his response and who is at the center of his life? Well, you don't have to go much farther than the first word in the chapter. Lord. 
His response is to take it to the Lord. Look who David is addressing in verse 1. He says, Lord, this is a prayer as we have already uh, distinguished. David's response here was not to trust his own strength, but to take his disappointment to God. The first two verses here in this chapter, David is just explaining what's happening. This disappointment that's going on in his life. He's explaining his grief, his trouble. And how can we say this morning that David was not trusting his own strength? Well, look at verse 3. Thou, O Lord, art a shield, a protector. Exactly what David currently needed. The Lord is his glory. Everything good, everything worth bragging about was his Lord, his God. And the lifter up of mine head when, when his head was down. Encouragement. You, God, are the one who lifts me up. Verse 4, God heard David's cry. Verse 6, God sustained David. Verse 8, salvation belongeth to who? The Lord. See, David's response to this disappointment shows where his heart truly was. Shows where his desire truly was set on. And it's clearly the Lord. And as David is going through all of this, his response to his disappointment sheds light on where his focus was at. Your focus, your heart's desire will be made clear when disappointments come. Our response to disappointment show what or who we are focused on. I wonder this morning what your response is to your disappointment that you're dealing with or that you've dealt with in the past. What does your response say about your love, your focus, and your desire in your life? Disappointments have a way of showing us in our lives who or what is important to us. And some of us let our disappointments eat us up day after day. As we try in our own strength to change the circumstance, to change the people. Even in the midst of disappointments, our attitudes many times are, okay, eventually this is going to change to meet the exact same hope and expectation I currently had. And during disappointment, we may see ourselves or weigh ourselves down even more by convincing ourselves that those hopes and expectations were and are God's clear will. You know, there are times when disappointments, you can see God's clear will. God's will is that your child that is away from the Lord turn back to him. But maybe he's asking for trust. And at the same time, that's God's will. He's created your child the same way he created you with a free will. But most of the time, disappointments, the will of God is not clear on the outcome. Your hopes and expectations, most of the time, are not clearly set in stone God's will for your life. But what we like to do in our disappointments is say, I'm going to get through this disappointment, and I'm going to persevere because one day, I'm still holding on to that same hope and same expectation. The fact of the matter is, the response to disappointments that we must have in life is to give it over to God. Give over the process of disappointment and give over the outcome that we once had thought might be the perfect outcome. So how are we responding to these disappointments? What I'm saying this morning is that when God allows for those hopes and expectations to come crashing down and we are not willing to give it completely over to God, the process and the outcome... It shows a heart of wanting to get what we think is best. It shows a heart that's not focused on and trusting God's plan. It shows where our desire and where our focus is. 
It shows that in the midst of this disappointment, the only thing we can think about and talk about is how we still want that outcome. We still want this to change in our perfect expectation and hope. But the response in disappointment needs to be taking it to God. Needs to be giving it over to God and trusting in your God, who just like in David's life is your shield, is your glory, is your sustainer. In disappointments, we have to be very careful with how we respond. It shows where our focus is at. It shows who we truly love and what we truly desire. In many ways, disappointments are brought into our life so that we can prove our love for God and trust in Him and faithfulness to Him. So what is your response this morning to your disappointment? We know God has the same desire for your child that you do that they turn back to Him, but just as He has... You, he's given them a free will. Maybe our hopes or expectations are not as clear and cut as someone turning back to God. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a potential spouse one day. Maybe it's kids, a circumstance where God's will is not very clear. Are you actually willing to give it all over to God? Even the outcome. When we are not willing to, it shows that ourselves or the person or the job or the circumstance is what is most important to us. Because we're not willing to give up our perfect outcome. We may trick ourselves this morning and say, oh, it's of God. It's of God. It's God's will. Um, And I am focused on God throughout this process of disappointment. But maybe you've barely taken it to prayer. Maybe this morning your disappointment, you've taken to prayer over and over and over again, but you have not yet shown God a willingness that his will be done and not your own. Maybe this morning this disappointment has been going on for years. And you're getting weary of taking it to the Lord. Continue. To take it to your God. Maybe God's will is clear. Like wanting a family member to be saved or come back to God. Are you being persistent in taking it to God? Disappointment will show where our true desires are. David's action in the midst of grief and disappointment here show us where his heart was at. So not only is disappointment different from person to person... But disappointment is going to reveal in our lives where our focus is, where our desire is, who's at the center of our life, or what's at the center of our life. And then thirdly here this morning, God's work in you through disappointments is dependent on how you respond. You see, God brings disappointments in our life. He allows them to happen. But let me tell you something this morning. Your disappointments will either be what Satan uses to push in doubt, to steal your joy, to make you bitter... To make you bitter even against God sometimes, or your disappointments will be what God uses to bring you closer to your God than you have ever been before. That's what disappointments will do. And so the outcome of those disappointments are really dependent on our response, is it not? On who we're focused on. The fact is this morning that many times God allows things to happen for His glory and for our good. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God sees your disappointments and he sees your hurts and he understands firsthand what it is like. But many times he allows them because through them, his glory is that we see him, we grow closer to him and we look back at those disappointments and see, yes, they were for God's glory and for my ultimate good. I think it's clear that when we talk about disappointments, we're not exactly talking about God's judgment, even though that is for our good as well. 
or our choices that bring us into messes, whatever it might be, but expectations and hopes that God decides not to allow to come to fruition or that he stops and heads it in a different direction. That's what a disappointment is. You see here, David in Psalm chapter 3 allowed this grief and disappointment to draw him closer to his God. And that should be our desire as well. His response here in Psalm chapter 3 um, is, is a response that we can all um, grow from. As we read this, his response is drawing closer to God. And we have many more Psalms that David wrote after, the, after this time that proved David's closeness to God as he continued to walk and deal with disappointments. Look at David's confidence in God in verse 6. I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that have set themselves against me round about. I mean, that is confidence right there in King David's life. He says, I'm not even going to flinch. I don't care if 10,000 of people are surrounding me right now and their main goal is taking me out and taking my life. Why? Because of the last two verses. Because he had confidence in his God. Because he knew who his God was. David says, I don't care if thousands of people had me surrounded and were about to kill me because of who my God is. That type of confidence is hard uh, and a hard time only comes from someone who has allowed that grief and disappointment to grow them closer to God. Someone who can stand up in grief and disappointment and, and in the face of disappointment and retain their hope and retain their joy in the Lord, and say, God is still good, and he is even more real to me than ever before, and he has shown himself to be even more amazing as I've drawn closer to him through this disappointment. Look at the attributes in this song that David brings out as a result of drawing closer to God. He says a shield, a protector, exactly the protection that I need at this very moment. He says my glory, my purpose, my desire, my life, the only thing that I take joy the only thing that I take pride and confidence in in this disappointing circumstance is my Lord. The lifter up of mine head, the encouragement David needed to keep going and to keep living and to keep doing his best and to keep loving his amazing Lord. He says that God sustained him. That word sustain talks about not only God being the protector, not only God being the encourager, and not only God being David's confidence, but being all those things during the entire process. Being continually that, perpetually that, and lasting throughout even our disappointments. And even beyond our disappointments. That's who our God is as well. Saturate your life in Him, in prayer, in His Word, in His church, with His people. David gives us a positive picture here of how to take disappointment and allow God to do His work in and through you, through the process of disappointment. David allows his awful circumstance to draw him closer to God and closer than he has ever been before. But unfortunately, we've all seen others, and we know of even Bible characters who allow disappointments to lead them into sin, to steal their joy, to steal their time, to spend their time worrying, to ignore God's will, to develop bitterness and anger and pride. It happens in disappointing times because disappointing times are vulnerable times. And that's when Satan likes to attack. Responses to disappointment that pull us away from God and follow Satan, we need to be very, very careful of. You see, Satan sees those disappointing times 
And he sees them as times where he can easily steal our joy in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He sees them as times where he can maybe get us to question who our God is. He can get us to question the outcome of what God is doing. He can steal our Christian joy and our Christian hope. And he tries very hard to do so. And it's important this morning we see how to respond to disappointment because the fact is we will all deal with disappointment. And with every disappointment, Satan wants to have victory in your life. He may be currently having victory in your response to disappointment. Can I plead with you this morning? I do not understand your disappointment. I do understand your, I don't exactly understand your situation, but I do understand it's heavy. It's weighted. It it causes your mind to continually ponder it. God wants to use it to bring you closer to him. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Even in the midst of hard times because of where your focus is at. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-8 through 8, is a great passage. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know what the next verse is? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know, many times we don't read those two verses together, do we? Casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. But watch out, be sober, be watchful, because Satan is looking for opportunities just like disappointments, to pull you away from your God. I love what Job said in Job chapter 13 and verse 15, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in thee. Paul talks about this, his disappointments and hurts and afflictions as working for him an eternal weight of glory. We looked at that last week in 2 Corinthians chapters 4 and 5. I also love the passage in Jeremiah chapter uh, 29, verses uh, 11 through 14. Jeremiah uh, st- says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. My prayer this morning is that as life hits us, And as disappointments come and hurts come, we would respond in a way that draws us closer to God. So what specifically does that look like? All right, so to wrap up this morning, here are just some simple truths from Scripture and from David's response here that we can see and that we can do in times of disappointment. And uh, by the way, this is not the only place David exemplifies this in Scripture. I believe David's response here teaches us three or four crucial Truths, three specific truths, and then you'll see what I mean by the fourth one about dealing with disappointments. The first crucial truth I see here, when we have disappointments, take your disappointments to God. That's that's the first truth I want to bring out this morning. Hey, when life hurts, when your hopes and expectations don't pan out the way that you had thought, 
when it is weighing heavy on your life for years or days or whatever it might be, take it to your God. That's exactly what David is doing here. Can I ask you something this morning? You have griefs and you have disappointments, but is your first response to take those things to your God? Isn't it amazing this morning, Christian, that we have a God who understands our griefs and disappointments? Psalm 34, 17 through 18 says this, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as a contrite spirit. Verse 17 states that he hears the cry of the righteous, and 18, that he is nigh to the brokenhearted. 1 Peter 5, 7, we just looked at it, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I hope you realize, Christian, this morning, these are promises. These are promises about our God that we get to have a personal relationship with. And when we have times in our life that are hard to bear, that give us grief, that weigh in our lives, take it to your God who understands. Take it to your God who cares, who knows firsthand disappointment and hurt and grief. Philippians 6, or 4, 6 through 7 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I'm wondering this morning if you have a prayer life with your Heavenly Father, or is prayer just a 911 call for you when you're in trouble? Prayer should be our daily bread. It should be a daily thing that we rely on. Is he your daily desire to talk to you? I wonder if you have taken your grief to the Lord. Have you taken it to him daily, regularly? Have you stopped taking it to him? David gives us a great example of, on how to deal with grief and disappointment. Take that disappointment, believer, whatever it is this morning, and take it to your God who cares for you individually and personally. He cares about the smallest and the greatest disappointments. He wants you to have the type of relationship with him where you take your struggles and you take your hardships to him. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. What does the songwriter say? Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. That's the first thing. Take it to your God. The second thing you should do in disappointments, which David is doing here as well, is focus on who God is. Take it to your God in prayer. Focus on who your God is, because in the midst of disappointment, there are several things shouting for our focus. The circumstance, the people, our own self. Avoid all of that. Spend time and focus on who your God is. You can tell David's doing that by all the attributes that he brings out here. Can I just say this this morning? If you're not purposefully focusing on God, it's not going to happen accidentally. If you're not putting work into focusing on who your God is, it's not just going to happen. When you come into a hard time in your life or disappointment, you're not all of a sudden going to be like, oh, I'm focusing on my Lord and Savior now. It takes some effort on your part. You're going to have to be getting to know him on a daily basis. And as he reveals himself to you, believer, he's going to be the only one you want to run to in disappointment. 
because of what he's revealing about himself. Focus on who God is. For you to focus on God, you need to be saturated by him. You need to be memorizing scripture. You need to be pondering his word throughout the day. Take your disappointments to God, and if you are in the midst of one this morning, turn your focus on whatever has your focus right now to who God is. That is exactly what David does. He focused on God's protection, his encouragement, and his sovereignty, his control over all. In disappointments, you and I have to focus on our God. It will serve as encouragement to know that he is there and that he is still sovereign and that he is still in control. I love Isaiah 26.3. My mom taught this verse to me since I was a kid. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed, whose mind is focused on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Boy, did David know this in a real way when he penned these words in Psalm chapter 3. What a comfort. What a love. What a promise. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 57, 7, my heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Christian, this morning, how are you doing with what you focus on? The temptation and disappointment is to be focused on our hurts or what we didn't get or the situation that is before us. It's the easy response to have. So you and I need to put work in focusing our attention on our God. Let me tell you something memorizing scripture is not a thing of the past. More and more people are responding wrong to hardships and disappointments because more and more people do not have God's word hidden in their hearts. You and I need to focus on God in disappointments. And that means we need to be saturated in his word, in his church, in praying to him. To stay focused on him is going to take effort on our parts. And in times of disappointments, we, do not, we don't always like to give that type of effort into things when things are weighing on us. But we need to give effort into memorizing scripture and taking more time in prayer, taking more time in God's word. But that's the type of response, that's the type of response we need, that's the type of response David shows here. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And what does the songwriter say? What will happen? The things of earth will grow strangely dim in light in contrast to his glory and his grace. Our focus needs to be on him. Take it to the Lord. Put your focus on the Lord. And then three, praise the Lord through it. That's what David's doing here. In, in a horrible situation, yet he's praising the attributes of his God. Do you not, do you not see the praise here in all these words that he's saying? He says, Sheol, David is in the midst of a crushing disappointment and grief, yet he can still praise his Lord. Many times, God gets the, last, the least amount of praise from us when we're going through hurt and disappointment and grief. Let me ask you this this morning. Is God still good when our hopes and expectations don't pan out the way we thought? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Is God still good if we were to lose everything in life like Job? Yeah. He's still good. He desires a closeness with us. And if responded to the right way, disappointments and griefs can be exactly what we need to draw us closer to our God. Psalm 42, 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? 
And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance. The fact is this morning that there are disappointments in life that cast our spirits down, that weigh heavily, that cause tears in our life. But the fact of the matter is when we broaden our focus, we can always see that God is good. We can always see something to praise him for. We need to make sure that our hope is in God. Remember, remember God, because no matter what the situation there is, there are still many things to praise God for. Psalm 71, 14, But I will hope continually, and will yet praise thee more and more. Continually, I will praise thee how much? More and more. Even in times of difficulty. Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord when times are good, when times fulfill my hopes and expectations, when things are good. No, bless the Lord, praise the Lord in all times. That means disappointments. That means hurts. That means griefs. Praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, his wonderful love proclaim. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children. In his arms, he carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him. Tell of his excellent greatness. We all deal with disappointments. They're all different from each other, but they all weigh heavy. Take it to your Lord. Focus on your Lord. Praise your Lord. And then fourthly, I want you to realize this. Know your God well enough before disappointments come that we're taking it to the Lord Focusing on the Lord and praising the Lord is just the natural response. You see, even if you're not in a disappointment this morning, you need to be taking your life to God. You need to be focusing on your God. And you need to be praising your God so that God reveals himself to you. And when something comes and crashes in your life and is crushing and brings you on your knees and to your tears, your natural response is to take it to your God again. To keep focusing on your God like you were. To praise him still. Because you've already been developing that. You've already been walking close to him. And I think all of us this morning would admit David showed that type of life. You could read through the Psalms and know that. Disappointment after disappointment. You see a man take it to the Lord. Focus on the Lord. And praise the Lord. Let's face it, most of our first responses and hardships are not to turn to God and praise. And maybe that's because we stop allowing ourselves to focus on him daily before disappointments. So as we conclude this morning, I'm very thankful, I'm truly thankful, because here at Eagle Heights Baptist Church, we have examples all around us who have handled disappointment and difficulties very well, just like David. And I'm looking at people this morning that I don't even understand all your disappointments, but maybe I have in the past, and I'm looking at example after example who have been a good example to me. We have it all around us in this church. I can't name everyone, but we can even think of Pastor Francine after his stroke. We can think of our dear sister Cheyenne, who only through a focus and turning to the Lord can be the example that she has been. Disappointments are real. 
We need to know how to deal with them. And if we deal with them the right way, they can be the exact things in our life that God uses the most and that God uses to bring us closer to Him. But unfortunately, many of us have also seen it handled the wrong way. And unfortunately, many of us have seen it handled the wrong way because we were the ones who handled it the wrong way. This morning, I want to challenge and encourage you. We all go through disappointments. Whatever yours is this morning, they differ from each other. Our response to those griefs will reveal who we're truly focused on, what truly matters in our life. And a close walk with God, where Satan having victory, is dependent on how we respond and who we focus on through disappointments. So this morning, my challenge is this. Prepare well for disappointments if you're not in a disappointment right now. Focus on your God. Praise Him. And if you're in disappointment this morning, take it to the Lord. Refocus your life on the Lord and praise the Lord for who He is. Because when you start to look at who He is, we start to realize He's a high priest who understands our infirmities and understands our hurts and our disappointments. If you're not in disappointment this morning, be living the exact same way close to your God and be prepared when life does throw disappointments at us. And this morning, Christian, be encouraged and remember the many promises of our God this morning. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Let's pray. Dearly Father, thank you so much for the God that you are. We thank you for being a God who is with us, even in disappointments, and a God that we can trust and rely on. And we thank you so much for what you do in our lives, what you bring in our lives to, to work out your glory and our good. And God, I know that there are people here this morning who are in disappointments or that disappointments will come in their life. I pray that we would respond the right way like David did here in Psalm chapter 3, that we would take it to you that we would refocus our entire life on you and that we would praise you through the process for who you truly are. God, work in our lives this morning and I pray that we would just rededicate some of these disappointments in our life to making them be times where we grow closer and closer to you and our personal relationship with you. If you would stand with your head bowed and